0: This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Lacey, And I'm Ashley. And this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in South Carolina talking about teenage shenanigans that turn deadly.
1: Then we'll discuss South Carolina's most notorious serial killer. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the Palmetto State.
0: Teenagers being up to no good is nothing new. They skip school, sneak out of the house, date people their parents do not approve of. This is a normal rite of passage for most teenagers. They're not bad kids. They're just trying out their wings of independence. Most of the time, this is completely harmless. But sometimes, these shenanigans have deadly and heartbreaking consequences. This crime takes place in Modoc, South Carolina, which is located across the Savannah River from Georgia. Mm. Population of around 215 people. So it's a very, very small town. I would say. So not far from here, 15-year-old Melanie K. Ritchie attends Lakeside High School in Martinez, Georgia, which is a suburb of Augusta. Oh, okay. I've been there. Have you? Yes. Really? Yes, I have. Samuel interviewed there. What? I
1: I think for residency. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Oh, yeah. So she's a sweet girl, lots of friends, and has a babysitting job for the summer. And that is what she is doing on the day of July 11th. She goes home right after this and they do the typical stuff, eat dinner, watch TV, and her parents decide to go to bed. Melanie did not. It's summer. She's 15. Mm. You know. Yeah. She decides to sneak out of the house and meet up with some friends at the local hangout, which was a gas station.
1: I grew up in a tiny town. That makes total sense to me.
0: Hanging out at a gas station. Well,
1: I didn't, but like bowling alleys. Yeah. Walmart
0: parking lot. Yeah. The square. The Not, square. Yeah. You cruise town, yes, make like the boss. Yes, absolutely. So that's what she's up to. She's mm-hmm. She's going to sneak out, meet up with some friends. She's going to be 16 in a couple weeks. Not an unusual thing for teenagers to do. So she sneaks out her window. Mm-hmm. Cutting her foot in the process. Like, pretty bad. Oh, I don't know gosh. if it was on a piece of wood or a piece of metal hmm. or broken glass. Anyways. Nevertheless, she heads out. So, she takes off into the hot summer night. The next morning, her parents get up for work and Melanie is not there. They call all of her friends and the people she babysat for and no one has seen her. Her parents are completely panicked. As a parent myself, I cannot imagine... Going to get Max up and him not being in his room. No, So they call, they look, then they call the police. So the 11th, the 12th goes by. The 13th, so days and days, no word. Mm. It's like she vanished into thin air. So now I'm going to tell you about a couple of young men.
1: Mm.
0: Never good. Never good. 16-year-old Joseph Kelsey was staying with his friend Mike Kirshner, while he finished his school year, his dad was in the military and had been transferred to Washington D.C., and they decided to let him stay with his buddy and finish out the year. Mm. And it was summer, so he's like, "Fuck it, I'll just spend the rest of the right. summer." They go to Lakeside Junior High, same place that Melanie goes. Maybe it's not a junior high. Maybe it's just like a, it's a small. Maybe it's a high school. You know, like seventh through twelfth. I it's can't speak small, for that school,
1: but like my school. It was all – we had different buildings, but uh-huh. it was K through 12. Like, there was one building oh, wow. for one section, one for another section. Uh-huh. Like, we didn't see the kindergartners, the kindergartners the- but you could easily walk to it. Like, in ours right. was 9 through 12.
0: Yeah. Like, right. yeah. So, on the morning of July 11th, Mike, who he's staying with, has a summer job, goes to work, leaves Joseph in his house. mm And Joseph decides to invite a few friends over, Jeff Payne and Jamie Lee, who are also 17. They hang out, drink Mike's dad's beer. I thought you were going to say Mike's hard lemonade. Mike's hard lemonade. They they may have drank that, too. Oh, gosh. And decide to make pipe bombs. Oh, my
1: dear Lord. Like
0: teenage boys do. Do they do that? I mean, some do. They take copper wire and gunpowder they extracted from firecrackers and just light it up in the backyard. Wow. Wanting to improve their bomb-making skills, they decide to go to Walmart and steal shotgun shells and then to the hardware store to steal pipes. Wow. Like galvanized steel pipe. Mm-mm. Kelsey is the brains behind this terrible plan. So they build three galvanized steel pipe bombs. They're just boys completely up to no good. They take one outside and set it off to see how much better these are than the ones they had previously built. And this one creates a four inch deep crater that was a foot wide and threw shrapnel into the siding and the privacy fence of Max's Max's. Of Mike's backyard.
1: Lord have mercy. Why didn't they just make like, well, I guess they were wanting big bombs. I don't know. I
0: like, could not imagine ugh. Max and his buddies doing this while I was at work. Uh uh-uh. uh.
1: I used to do. 17 make, or not? No. Right. Those uh, dry ice bombs where you get dry what ice. Is he's and, an arsonist. <laughs> no, it's dry ice. You put them in like an old two liter, empty two liter with, I don't even remember, and they blow up. It's not even a big deal.
0: It's just like. I boom. never ex- exploded. I never exploded anything. It's just dry ice. No fire. No fire. So they blow up one and still have two other bombs left. They decide to save these like you do. Oh, God. So Mai gets home from work and decides, I'm going to throw a party. More and more people come over. They're drinking. They're listening to music. It's summer. They're 17. It's all the things. Mm. Around midnight... Jeff and Joseph decide they're going to run up to the gas station. So when they get there, they see a few people they know, but one in particular catches their eye. 15-year-old Melanie Ritchie. She's over by the payphone, and she has an injured foot. It was bleeding, and they told her, you know, if you want to come with us back to the house, we have some beer, first aid kit, we can fix you up. We'll hang out. Whatever. So, she decides to go with them. They get back to the house. It's like 1.30. They fix her foot up. You know, first aid kit, ace bandage. Grab some beers to drink. Melanie is not drinking.
1: Did she know them already? Yeah, she went okay. to school with okay. them.
0: Yeah. So, she's 15. They're 17. So, a couple, you know, like yeah. maybe a grade ahead of her or whatever. So, she is not drinking. She's complaining of her stomach hurting. And her fucking foot's cut open. I would have just called it a day, but that's just me. Yeah. So... Jeff is trying to put the moves on her, trying to get her to come in the bedroom with him. Typical teenage shit. She keeps telling him no, and he's getting more and more frustrated. He tells Jamie how irritated he is and then asks him if he has some ecstasy (sighs) that he could give her. Okay, nerds. Ecstasy does not work this way. You don't take one and then strip naked and jump on the first person you see. It's MDMA, also known as Molly, and it's a psychoactive drug that increases your energy, excitement, gives you a sense of euphoria. It does increase your adrenaline, sense of touch, makes you super sweaty and thirsty. So I've read. (laughs) 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 Allegedly. Allegedly stories have been told that this is the things that will happen to you. So Jeff gets a few pills from Jamie and crushes them up and puts them in a glass of tea, and then gives it to Melanie. Like I said, she's not drinking. So he pours this drug, crushed up ecstasy. Okay, I thought he was going to ask her if she no. wanted some. Okay, no, no, great. He she's just drugs her. Drugging her. Okay. He just drugs her. Fabulous. Yeah. yeah, you know. So she drinks it, and around three thirty, she decides, you know what, it's time to go home. So Jamie Jeff. And Joseph all head to the car to take her home. Melanie's already hopped in. She's sitting inside. She's worn out. Her fucking foot hurts. Now she's been drugged with Molly. Good God. So before they get inside, Jeff asks Jamie if he could grab a tool of some sort from the garage that he could use to knock her out. Yeah. (sighs) Jamie goes and gets a wrench. And Jeff says, go ahead and grab those two pipe bombs. Probably, you know, he's Jamie's thinking. Oh, we're gonna blow up the mailbox. Yeah, you know, after we drop her off, like, right? Punk teenage boys do. So they all pile into this nineteen eighty seven Honda Civic, which is essentially the car that Bowser drives in Super Mario Brothers. Oh my <laughs> God. And they're off. Oh no! So the layout is Jamie is driving. It is his car. Joseph mm-hmm. is shotgun, and Jeff and Melanie are in the back. She gives jamie directions on how to get to her house and he turns the opposite way
1: how terrifying for I her i at hate point. this
0: yes she's like yo like all the scary movies my yes. house isn't this way you're going the wrong way right and then he just continues mm. to drive. so she's like well, you're going the wrong way he's like we're just gonna ride around you know relax whatever at this point they cross over into south carolina And they're going around 90 miles an hour, and Jamie has the music up extremely loud. This is 1994, so in my mind, it's probably Stone Temple pilots stinging their ear holes. They've been drinking all day. It's just, it's a fucking disaster. Mm -hmm. So they're cruising down the road, and Jamie notices his RPMs are going up on his dash, and he looks down, realizing his car has been shifted into neutral. And, and Melanie's foot is up there. Oh, okay. Like she's kicked yeah. it out of gear. Yeah. So he fixes it, looks back in the rearview mirror, and sees that Jeff has her in a stranglehold. <gasps> he has his arm around her neck. Clearly, her foot has kicked the car out of gear while she is struggling. And the music was so loud, he couldn't hear anything. <sighs> he hears two thud sounds and sees Jeff with the wrench in his hand. And Melanie is knocked out. Jeff leans up at this point and tells him, Turn the music down. He
1: had asked if he had anything to knock her out.
0: Yeah. So it's I'm like, don't not act surprised. Don't act brand new. Yeah. You no. know what you, yeah. Give me a break. So he tells him, turn the music down. I think she's knocked out. Let's go I to think s- so. let's go to Scary Bridge.
1: What is that? No,
0: you know the bridge in every state that's every, supposedly haunted, and you honk freaking, and see a ghost yes. or some every. shit. So this one crosses over a creek. There's not a lot of traffic, no streetlights. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of a back road bridge. So they stop on the bridge, and all the guys get out, and Jeff decides that this would be a good time to rape this poor girl. Unbelievable. I mean, you drugged her, assaulted her strangled her, and then hit her in the head with a wrench. Now you're going to rape her? Enormous piece of shit. The other two dudes are going to stand outside the car while he is doing this. It never ceases to amaze me that
1: multiple people are involved in mm-hmm. things like this and no one's like, It's like no
0: pack mentality. It is. It's, it's just. disgusting. Like, maybe don't do this. <laughs> maybe think about this. Why don't we just take her home? Her uh, it's like cut off.
1: Why is there always the things, <laughs> a, a ringleader and two lackeys? It's always that. Like, cannot There not be another person's like, no, don't. Right. It,
0: it's just, ugh. So while they're standing outside, they see headlights. And after a while, one of them goes and knocks on the window and is like, yo, wrap it up. There's mm. somebody coming. So they all jump back in the car and they drive off. For some reason, Jamie decides to turn around and go back to the bridge. Melanie is alive. Is she in the car? She's in the car. Okay. Where she was just raped in the yeah, back seat. Yeah. She's unconscious, but she's still alive. So they pull the car to the side of the road, pull her out and up on an embankment near the wood line. They lay her on the ground, and Jamie goes back to the car. It's like they're just dropping her body. She's knocked out. They're gonna. She's gonna wake up. Whatever. So he walks back to the car. Joseph and Jeff stay where she is. And Jeff tells Joseph, go back to the car and grab one of those pie bombs. Oh, my God. He gets back and then he tells him, put it in her mouth. Jeff lights it and the two run back to the car. A few seconds later, the bomb explodes. Jeff says, I can't believe it. It blew her head off. Oh. So they all head back to Mike's house and go to bed. The next, Yeah. The next day, Jeff tells them, if anyone asks, we all went to sleep and she just, she must have left the party. That we don't know anything. She just left. So a few days later, Melanie's mom actually does call and she speaks to one of these boys because she knows they go to school with each other and they suck to their story. She had been at our house. We She did come to the party, but we went to sleep and she left at some point, but we didn't see who she left with. So, she hadn't been found yet, her body? No. Oh, no. no. Oh, my gosh. So, almost two months <gasps> later, on August 26, 1994, Jeff is arrested on unrelated charges, and he decides to spill his guts, but wow. he blames it all on Joseph.
1: That's he how tells, it always is. Yeah,
0: yeah, tells them where they can find her body. They found what remained of her, right on the side of the road near the woods.
1: How did no one find her body sooner? Since it was kind of a
0: spooky it just, place to visit. Well, it, well, and it's a dirt road, so Gosh. you know it's kind of a back road, yeah. and it's up by the woods. Yeah. Pieces of her skull fragments were found around seven feet away from her body. They also found an ACE bandage from her foot An autopsy revealed that she had died from blunt force trauma to the head caused by the bomb. So she was alive. Mm. Jeff and Jamie were arrested and Joseph, who had moved to DC at this point with his parents, was arrested and extradited back. He asked officers if he was going to be tried as an adult or a juvenile. Um, An adult? yeah. He He was like, why? I was underage when this happened. What an... Okay. Have you... He he knows nothing. Yeah. Obviously. So court begins. Joseph and Jeff are tried together. They are both charged as adults and convicted of murder, accessory (sighs) after the fact, possession of a pipe bomb desecration of human remains, and conspiracy to commit murder. Mm. They both received life and are serving time in Columbia, South Carolina. I did not find anything on Jamie. Really? So maybe they gave him immunity for his testimony? <sighs> if yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's not innocent. No. He drove
1: the car. Yeah. Um, since he was underage at the time, maybe that's – I don't know. They were all underage. Yeah, but I guess since he wasn't charged, then his name – but I'm like, I don't you
0: know. went and I don't got know. the wrench. Oh. He told you. Yeah, you went don't a surprise. You drove. No, you. The didn't. music was too. You turned break. the wrong way, even after she told you you're going the wrong mm. way. And then you turned around. You could have drove her home. You didn't. Yeah. Anyways, that's my story. <sighs> that is so
1: that App- makes me so appalling. This? I didn't know. I don't know much about bombs. I don't either. So I didn't think. I wouldn't think bombs like that that teenagers could easily make would be that explode. You know what I mean? They took gunpowder
0: out of shotgun shells and put it into steel pipes. Of course it's going to explode.
1: When Pre-internet, how do you find out how to make those? I don't know. Maybe I'm just naive and I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's awful. Because now if you're searching that stuff up on the internet, you know, you're – on a watch list whereas then how did they even figure that out
0: mm. i just horrific hopefully she was completely unconscious and doesn't i i hope she didn't
1: oh i spent in the rape and every oh my gosh that i mean mm. it's awful that is one of those things when the parents find out how what happened. Oh my god. How do you not just Oh my god completely mm-hmm. lose your mind? Seriously. Mm-hmm. I cannot even That's horrible. Mm-hmm. Should we take a break?
0: Hey, what are you drinking? A vodka gimlet. Lacey's looking at me weird. This isn't my usual drink, but our lovely listener Jeanette bought it for us so
1: i'm giving it a try yes we both are and y'all can do it too if you want to help support us
0: you don't want to worry about a monthly fee you can now sponsor a cocktail when you sponsor a drink we'll give you an on-air shout out and love you forever we do record in advance so if you want to give a birthday shout out just keep that in mind
1: yeah and if you give us a drink recommendation we will try it out doesn't mean we'll like it. <laughs> and
0: I will be honest if I don't Ashley's like it. Ashley's always
1: very honest I'm about the drinks.
0: hardest <laughs> critic.
1: So head to www.buymeacoffee slash us of podcast to buy us a drink. And then, of course, we'll link this up in our show notes. Cheers. Okay. After that break, you'll need another one after this case. Great. Yeah. So today I'm going to cover an older case from the 70s. There is an entire podcast about it called Pee Wee Gaskins Was Not My Friend. Have you seen that pop up in the true crime section? No. It's I think there's about 12 episodes of it. I've listened to some of it, but I wanted to write it and record it so I wouldn't accidentally, you know what I mean, copy stuff they say just without trying to. Uh-huh. So anyway, yeah, if y'all want to get... Take a deep dive into that case. Check that out. So Donald Henry Gaskins, Jr. was born in Florence County, South Carolina on March 13th, 1933. And this is is only two hours away from where I used to live in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I don't remember. Well, it's so – South Carolina is such a small state. I don't remember ever driving through it, though, but it was pretty close. Anyway, his mom was Eula Parrott. Yes, parrot, like the bird. And he was one of, this is a quote, a string of illegitimate children. When he was only a year old, he reportedly drank a bottle of kerosene, which caused him to have convulsions until he was three years old. Oh my god. He was a small guy, especially for his age, so he got the nickname of Pee Wee. Yeah, very original. When he was fully grown as an adult, he was around 5'4 and weighed about 130 pounds.
0: So he's like my size. (laughs) Yeah.
1: As a child, he was neglected. I mean, he drank a freaking bottle of kerosene, but he was neglected and abused by his stepfather. This is really sad. His mom was so disinterested in him that the first time he ever heard his real name spoken, Donald, out loud was when it was read out in his first court appearance later on in life. What? She never called him by his name. She never said, "Donald, come here." He didn't. Know, he'd never heard her say his name. What ever. would she call him? Nothing, because she neglected him. She just. Oh, that's so fucking sad. I hate your story already. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'm imagining just like get in here, boy, or you know what I mean. Oh my
0: god, stuff like that. That's so fucking sad. Ugh.
1: Yeah. And he would take the rage from his stepfather's beatings and fight with kids at school.
0: Hurt people hurt people. Yeah.
1: When he was 11 years old, he quit school, 11, and began working on cars at a local garage. Can you imagine? Mm -hmm.
0: That would be Max's dream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, mom, let me do it. It's just like. That just happened. Well, while he was working there, he met two other little boys around his age that also dropped out of school. What year was this? This year, well, he was born in 1933. Okay. So the, the okay. 40s. This so is the, the 40s. 40s. This oh, was that's a whole, probably the norm, yeah. It's terrible, but gosh. So he met two other little boys named Danny and Marsh. I hope he wasn't named after a Marsh. You know what I mean? Maybe his name was Marshall, and they call him yeah. Marshall short, and that's kind of cute. Maybe. So they started hanging out and called themselves the Trouble Trio. They would rob houses, pick up sex workers. What? Yeah, as 11-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a whole different uh-uh. This is just
0: The 40s were wild.
1: Yeah. And this is really freaking terrible. They would also rape other little boys.
0: Lacey.
1: I know. And they would threaten the boys so that the boys wouldn't go to the police. Horrible.
0: We know these are younger boys.
1: Yeah, so he's around 11. They're roughly his age. I don't know exactly their ages, but I'm assuming the boys were younger. But honestly, who knows? At one point, they decided to gang rape Marsh's little sister. Yeah, and Marsh was in on it, too, his own sister. <sighs> really. <sighs> these are freaking little boys. Yeah. It's just, it's so dark to me that they even, these dots cross their mind. A hundred percent. And Danny and Marsh's parents found out about it, and they beat the boys until they bled. I didn't see that they went to, it's a, Forties, fifties, different time. They didn't, I think, go to police. They just took care of matters at home by beating the boys. And after this, Danny and Marsh, with their parents, left the area. Like, they left. And Donald was on his own to burglarize homes when he was 13 years old. So, all that had to have happened before he was 13. Yeah. Horrible. When he was 13 years old, he was convicted for assaulting a young woman by hitting her in the head with an axe when she caught him breaking into her house. He was sentenced to five years in reform school, which was called the South Carolina Industrial School for White Boys.
0: Oh, God. Yeah,
1: this was the name in Florence, South Carolina. While he was at this reform school, he was regularly raped by his fellow inmates aka classmates, he ended up accepting protection from, quote, the boss boy in exchange for sex for protection from the other inmates.
0: How this happens in a reform school? I just, Girl, it happens in regular it's, school. Uh, it's
1: just so uh, – this story really is – I didn't even realize how terrible this was until I'd already gotten started I and mean, I was cari- – I'm like, Lord, I guess I got to finish it. But. Season
0: two. This has uh, been a this ugh. The last couple weeks. Fuck.
1: Oh, yeah. He ended up escaping the school and joined a traveling carnival.
0: I mean, fuck. What else do you have to lose? You know? Yeah.
1: While there, he married a 13-year-old girl. Yeah. Oh,
0: for crying out loud.
1: And then he voluntarily returned to the school to complete his sentence. Maybe he was afraid of getting caught. I don't know. Well, he was there... Until 1951, he was released at the age of 18, so he had about five years left, you know, and he briefly worked on a tobacco plantation. That was brief because a couple of years later, he attacked a teenage girl. While he was on the plantation, he got involved in insurance fraud and would collaborate with local farmers to burn down their barns for a fee. People in the area started talking, and one of his employer's daughter started questioning him about the fires. He panicked and hit her in the head with a hammer. Yeah. They caught him. He was sentenced to six years for this at the South Carolina Penitentiary. This time, he wasn't the punching bag. He earned his fellow inmates' respect by killing the most feared man in the prison, Hazel Brazel.
0: I'm not making this up. Hazel Brazel?
1: Well, it's Hazel and then B-R-A-Z-E-L-L. Brazel? Hazel Brazel? Or Brazel? Donald claimed it was for self-defense, but he still received an extra three years in prison for involuntary manslaughter. In 1955, his wife filed for divorce, and soon after, he escaped from prison. Then he hid back in the garbage truck and fled to Florida. He found another traveling carnival. I don't know if this was the one in that town Gibson. Yeah. I don't know about that, but he went to a carnival down there. Got remarried again. He always finds love at carnivals. That's what I'm saying. Maybe you should go to carnival. Check let's go to the uh, state fair this, this we, fall. Let's do it. So this marriage lasted two weeks. Well, after this he served St. Betty Gates. Didn't last long either. Donald and Betty went on a trip to Tennessee to bail out Betty's brother. But when they got back to the hotel, he was surprised to find that her brother was there. And it was actually her husband. (gasps) And he escaped prison. And they weren't there to bail him out. They were there to be his ride. So she, like, tricked him into helping her... Get her husband out. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well... The police were looking for this escaped guy. Well, they were looking for her husband. So the police arrive at the hotel, and they realize this guy's also escaped. Is everyone escaping from prison in the fifties? Apparently, apparently it wasn't very guarded. They arrested the other guy. They re-arrested Donald, and he was kept in prison until his trial, and was paroled in nineteen sixty one. So now we're in the sixties. When he was released, he. Didn't change his ways. He started burglarizing homes again. And then two years after parole, he was arrested for the rape of a 12-year-old girl. But, of course, he fled (sighs) while awaiting sentence. He fled. He was rearrested in Georgia and sentenced to eight years in prison. He was paroled yet again in November of 1968. Then he moved to Sumter, South Carolina and started working for a roofing company. A year later... He picked up a female hitchhiker in North Carolina, propositioned her for sex, and she laughed at him. This pissed him off. I mean, he had severe little man syndrome, to say the least. Yeah. Well, he got pissed off and beat her until she was unconscious. After this, he raped, sodomized, and tortured her, and then took her to a nearby swamp and sank her. Sank her? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, my. So, this next part is according to Donald. He said that after this hitchhiker, there were several others. He mostly killed women, but he said no gender was immune. According to Donald, these were weekend recreation murders. Not serious. Like, he acted Mm -hmm. like it was a side job. Yeah. He said sometimes he would torture his victims and would cannibalize their severed body parts (sighs) and either make them watch him eat them.
0: Uh Uh-uh.
1: Or make them join in eating. This is just according to him. There's no
0: proof. but My God. I wouldn't
1: put it past this guy. That is... mm. Between 1969 and 1975, the police found remains of murdered boys and girls along the Carolina highways. But these aren't confirmed murders, if that makes sense. So this is all according to Donald at this point. So the co- they were called the coastline killings, and they've never been corroborated with him. He wrote an autobiographic novel, of course, and claimed that he murdered up to 100 people along the coastline. He probably did kill several people, but 100, I feel like, is BS. You know they always want to inflate their numbers. He said that killing his acquaintances were the more serious murders to him. The strangers and the hitchhikers were the side. Jobs. In 1970, he killed his 15 year old niece and her friend by luring them to an abandoned house. He attempted to rape them but couldn't, so beat them to death. So these killings are confirmed to him, and the rest from now will be as well. So in March of 1971, he poisoned 21 year old March Ann Dix because she claimed he was the father of her unborn child. That's it. Yeah. In 1973, a 22-year-old woman named Doreen Dempsey, who was pregnant with her second child, was leaving town and decided to get a ride to the bus station from her old friend Donald Gaskins. Yeah, they were friends. Instead of taking her to the bus station, he took her to a wooded area and raped her. He did other things so awful, I'm not going to say them. And I would say, don't look it up. Seriously, don't. I I wish I didn't know about it. Donald was overtly racist, and this is why he killed Doreen, because she was his friend and he was mad at her because she had gotten pregnant a second time with an African-American man. Oh, my God. He was upset. Her first child was biracial, and this was absolutely horrific. In 1974, Donald shot his friend and criminal associate, 36-year-old Johnny Sellers, in the back of the head and then stabbed to death. Johnny's ex-girlfriend, Jesse Ruth Judy, who was 22 years old. This was just because his friend Johnny asked for money he was owed after a stolen boat. And Donald was just afraid Johnny would reveal that he was involved in theft. And just for good measure, he's like, well, his ex-girlfriend might rat me out too, so I'll kill her. It was just like a th- he didn't think twice about the consequences or that it was terrible. I don't know. So in 1975, he murdered several people. Starting in February, Suzanne Kipper Owens, along with her husband John Owens, paid Donald $1,500 to murder a man named Silas Barnwell Yates to be their hitman, essentially. So Silas was 45 years old and was Suzanne's ex. That's why they wanted him dead. So petty. Donald teamed up with another ex-con's wife, so not the ex-con, but the ex-con's wife, named Diane Neely. On February 12th, Diane lured Silas out of his house by claiming she was having car trouble. Then Donald kidnapped and murdered Silas while Suzanne and her husband, John, watched. And they all helped bury him. After this, Diane, you know, the woman that lured him out. Yeah. And her boyfriend decided they were going to blackmail Donald for 5000 bucks. Like we're going to tell the police this stuff if you don't give us the money. Do you think Donald accepted that? absolutely not. He pretended like he would give them hush money, but he arranged a meeting to pay them, but instead stabbed Diane to death and then shot her boyfriend Avery Leroy Howard. So anyone that thought they were going to blackmail him ended up dead. Of course. Anybody
0: has anything to do with exactly.
1: Ends up dead. Dangerous. Around the same time, a 13-year-old girl named Kim Gelkins was stabbed to death By Donald, because he was worried she would tell police he had sexually abused her and moved her from North Charleston without permission. I'm like, we call that kidnapping, sir, but yikes. Not long after, two locals robbed Donald's repair shop. So two people, unknowingly, they didn't know who he was, robbed Donald's repair shop. And he found out who they were and killed them, of course. He asked Diane's ex-husband, Walter Neely to help him bury these bodies. He helped him out with all kinds of stuff, you know. During this, Donald showed Walter where he had buried several other locals. He pretty much called this his private cemetery. Finally, police were suspicious of Donald after 13-year-old Kim's disappearance. They were searching his apartment and found a piece of her clothing and arrested him. And he was indicted for contributing to the delinquency of a minor. While waiting for the trial, Walter Neely cracked, which I hadn't even read that he did this during a confession, like he just went to police and said he helped Donald do all these things. Mm -hmm. He even showed them where Donald's own personal cemetery was, and they found eight bodies there. On April 27th, 1976, Donald Gaskins and Walter Neely were charged with eight counts of murder on May 24th, 1976. A jury convicted Donald of the murder of Dennis Bellamy, and he was sentenced to death. One of the mm-hmm. other people on the, yeah. So in an attempt to avoid additional death sentences, which I'm like, he's already been sentenced to death, additional death sentences. I don't know. But he confessed to seven more murders. What? In exchange for additional sentencing. Yeah. Well, in November 1976, the Supreme Court ruled that the death penalty was unconstitutional So, his death sentence was converted to life with seven consecutive life sentences. So, he was taken off of death penalty, essentially. But in 1978, the death penalty was restored, which wouldn't mean he would be changed back. So, like, they didn't say, okay, now you're back to death row. What was done was was done, and he was not off the hook, but he wasn't sentenced to death still. But in prison, he killed again. He was paid to murder another death row inmate named Rudolf Tyner. Donald tried several times to kill Rudolf by first lacing his food and drink with poison. Then he decided to use explosives instead. He rigged a device similar to a portable radio and gave it to Rudolf. He said it would allow him to communicate between the other prisoners in the other cells. So Rudolf followed the instructions for setting up this little radio and it detonated the explosives, and killed him. Donald said the last thing that Rudolph heard was him laughing.
0: Oh my god. Well,
1: since he killed after the death penalty was restored, this caused him to get it again. Get the death penalty. He was given the title meanest man in America. This was also the first time in the history of South Carolina that a white man was sentenced to death for the murder of a black man. Like before, He began confessing to all these other murders. This time, he said he killed a woman named Peggy Catino, but this confession was rejected. While he was waiting for the electric chair, Donald teamed up with the author named Wilton Earle and wrote a book called Final Truth. It was published in 1993 after his death. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. I didn't read it. I don't know where the money goes, but gross. On September 6, 1991. So guy born in the 30s. All this crime makes it to, yeah, he slit his wrists in an attempt to die before his scheduled electric chair appointment that day. That didn't work. His last words were, I'll let my lawyers talk for me. I'm ready to go. So... That's the meanest man in America, and I believe it. I believe it. I got most of my info from the state newspaper, Crime Museum, and com. I'll link up his picture. He just looks like a small white man. I, <laughs> I, seriously, it's just like, but capable of so much terrible things. This was a rough episode. They're all rough. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well... What? Moving on, <laughs>
0: you just looked like not I was
1: like, "What are you about to say?" <laughs> between these terrible cases and the heat up here, this is our 18th day in a, not in a row, our 18th day this year of it being 100 degrees or above in Little Rock
0: in September. Yeah, it's it's hard to feel <laughs> very. Spooky Fally. I know I'm like Spooky It's summer fall. Yeah no But it's hotter it's than like, summer It's hotter than it was in July it's, I swear It's absolutely horrible
1: Well I found I heard from our new patron Amanda W from last week She's from South Dakota <gasps> Yeah I've added The pins are up to date By the way Yay. On our board And Stephanie E
0: Is from Pennsylvania So we're awesome. making our
1: way Across the US <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: The heat makes Lazy tone deaf <laughs> it does. That's that's
1: what we're going to say. And I'm almost up to date with sending out all the stickers and magnets. But if you've been a patron for a minute, haven't gotten an email from us, please email us or message us and let us know. But we have some new patrons this week. Perfect. All right. Kelly L. from Michigan. Yay. And that's Kelly with an I. I'm holding up my think you finger with an I. Yay. Yay. Kelly. Hey, Kelly. And Jessica S. from West Virginia. Hello, Jessica. Ah, thank you, Jessica. And then we have a Kelly P, Kelly with a Y, from Washington. State? Yeah, Washington State. Cool. She actually ordered some stickers from my Etsy shop today, uh-huh. which was a pleasant surprise. Thank you, Kelly. But she said, I love the podcast. And I was like, wait. What? And then I looked, scrolled <laughs> back and she had just joined. I'm like, oh, awesome, Kelly, you have great taste in TV shows. And just today, while we were taking our break, we got... A patron so new, I haven't written down her information or sent out her stickers yet. Let me go to it. It's in our email. Beep, boop, bop. Lindsay R. Hey, Lindsay. Lindsay R. from Arkansas. Yay! I haven't put her pin up yet, but I'm going to. Thank you, Lindsay. Thank you, Lindsay. We appreciate that. And we just posted our... Patron episode for the month, so go on and check that out. And you can go back
0: and listen to past Patreon episodes.
1: And we also post our regular episodes on there and it's ad free. So if you're not a patron, you'll typically hear an ad or two throughout our episode. If you're a patron, those are not in there and you get to hear it early. So and you get to hear a a monthly bonus episode. So yeah. And on the uh the private Facebook page, yes, and people have been joining that. So cool, continue cool. to check that out. But yeah, fun stuff. What else? What else is going on? <sighs> well, I finally watched some scary movies. Did you past watch? Week. Okay, so I have Peacock now. Oh, jeez. I watched House of the Devil. Not seen it. I had neither. It's from two thousand and nine. Is it good? Well, it's okay. So it's a seventies throwback. It's set, cool. It's, Set in the seventies, you I know like what those. I mean? Yeah, yeah,
0: I like those kind. Of things.
1: In the, it's grainy, but their hair's like kind of, you know,
0: ferocity.
1: Anyway, it's about there's a babysitter, there's a lunar eclipse, there's the weird people. It's kind of slow, I will say. I'm not, I'm not gonna give too much
0: away. It's a little slow, but it's worth a watch. So this is not gonna be your freaky Friday this week. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. Hmm. It's worth. It's worth
1: a watch, I would say, but it's not, like, great. You know what I mean? Okay. Then, two nights ago, I watched There's Someone Inside Your House on Netflix. Have you seen
0: it? (sighs) No, but it feels self-explanatory. You would think, but honestly, not really. It's,
1: okay, so it's from the producers of Stranger Things and The Conjuring Universe. Ooh. It's not as good as either, so don't get too excited. There's a boogeyman. There's a booger. There's a lot of jump scares. It's a oh, little campy. Like There's slashers. It's called what? I'm rotten this down. There's someone inside There's, your house, and it. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, it's a little. It's think about. It. It's teenagers. There's a boogeyman coming after them. Someone's There's having There's blood. Sex. I don't know if there is. Wow. I don't remember that part. Uh, I won't tell you why. I did figure out who the killer was. It's kind of like a who is it. Okay, well, don't tell me. I figured out who it was early on, and if you watch it, I'll tell you why. And I'll have to ask you if you can tell me what you thought. If you've seen it, let me know your thoughts. I I won't give anything away. There are so many horror movies out. In theaters, there needs to be more released on the streaming. Streaming. That's the thing about COVID is they did more of that. You know what I
0: mean? And it was better, I felt like. I want to watch it at home. I pee too much. We need to go watch Pearl. I haven't heard of that. You need to look it up. Pearl? It wasn't started in theaters September the 16th. Yeah. I haven't heard of it. It looks super good. You'll have to look it up. Okay. The Visitor comes out October the 16th and that is on Paramount. The Visitor, I haven't heard of that. Look it up. Oh my gosh. I got a list. And Barbarian is in theaters now. Okay, send the me one with Justin Long But te- oh. I keep begging someone, anybody to go watch. I will me. now that you haven't seen it. I've not seen it. Take a picture of your little list
1: and send it to me so okay. I can. Someone asked us last week, "What movie were y'all talking about?" I'm like, "Oh boy, I don't remember." Oh, Let me go back. Yeah, once we say it, it's gone. It's gone. It's, it's fleeting. in the universe. It's in the universe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but, so speaking of movies, Max and I finished Twilight. Oh, give me your take. Can I just tell you, the PMS is kicking in my house right now, <gasps> and I made taco soup because I was uh-huh. trying to conjure in the cool air, oh. and to so we got our soup oh and boy. all our snacks, and we're that's watching that's the sweating. we're watching the finale. In my house, it's like sixty two <gasps> degrees. We're in sweatpants oh, under blankets, love that movies on. It's getting to the part where they meet up. With the bad dudes. Mm-hmm. What's her name? The Voltori? Is that am I saying that right? Something like that? Something like it's like been the so three long. dudes, and yeah. then they've got their whole army, and then all the good vampires, and they've got all the werewolves. So it's like they're yeah. they're coming face to face and they're about to talk, right? Right. And I'm like, oh my god, this is getting so good. And I look over and Max is sound asleep. <gasps> and I'm like, Fuck this kid. I'm finishing this okay, movie. I was about to ask. <laughs> Did you finish it? I finished it. Okay, so, you know, it goes through, you know, he, like, Alice is there and, like, she touches his hand. And so, he can see what she sees. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she goes. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what I show you. You've already made your mind up. Bam. Biden ensues. Carlisle's dead. My husband, Jasper, Dead. All these things oh are happening. Oh my hap- God! Did yes. Jasper die? I yes. forgot. All these things are happening. Werewolves are dying. The kids running off on the back of Jacob's back as he's full werewolf. <laughs> like all the things are. And I am. All, it's been so long that I, I forgot everything. I am crying. I am mad. I am gasping. Oh I am screaming. Lord. I have to put my soup down. I'm standing up. I'm about to lose it. I'm surprised I didn't wake Max up. And then it flashes back to where she lets go of his hand. And that's the part where you realize this has all been a dream or it's all been a vision that it never, it never happened. This 20 minute fight scene. Yeah. 19 panic attacks. Yep. I hate when people do
1: that, not people. I hate when shows do that. I
0: all, I mean, like, I hate a dream I, thing or a vision thing. I, I mean, had an emotional hangover. I was
1: about to say, Jasper did not die. Not in the real, real not life. Not in real life. <laughs> like, this is real <laughs> life. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> but in that sequence yes, of the movie. Yes, yes, yes. So... So yesterday, you know, we'll get it maxed up for school and everything, and I'm like, "Dude, you fell asleep last night. And he's like, "You did you watch that without me?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I did. I wasn't waiting. no, it was there, and you fell asleep It was, the end. It was the, yeah, it's the finale I was but we'll watch it tonight. So I pick him up from you know after school care yesterday, and we get home, and he's got football practice from like six to eight, so we've got two hours, so I'm like, we've got to eat." cool off and rest. Like you need to lay on the couch and rest from school because you've got football practice and we'll watch the finale. Uh So I turn it on and he's like, I have, you know, a big sectional couch. So he starts on the, like the right side, like he's sitting up and then all the things are happening. Everybody's fighting. So then he's laying down. So the next thing I know he's over closer to me and he's laying down again and his feet are in my lap. And then he's sitting up right beside me, like with my arm around him and he's going, no, Mom, what? Yeah, like he's all the emotions that me, and then it flashes to where it was all like a vision, and he goes, "Come on." I know. I agree.
1: Mom, nice. come on, Mom.
0: I'm like, I, I know. So he's like, just turn it off. He was <gasps> done. He was like, I'm done. They live happily ever after. Whatever. Can it's we over. talk about that horrible, horrible name, Renezme? It's not good. That is a choice. It's the moms, both the moms' names yes, together. Sometimes What's your mom's name? Jackie. What's Sam's mom's name? Colleen. <laughs> Colleen or Colleen? Colleen. Colleen? hmm How so, you going to – no. Jolene. <laughs> <laughs> done and done. Um, We've named Lacey's firstborn. It's going to be a no. It's going to be Jolene. I was like, how are you going to do that, Jacqueline? <laughs> nope. Jolene – Bum, done. Oh boy, absolutely not. So, if you have any suggestions, now
1: that you're done with Twilight, now that I'm done
0: with Twilight, someone at work suggested we watch the um, what are the ones with the the Catching Fire and Hunger Games, the Hunger yeah. Games. Somebody at work suggested that.
1: I'll be honest; I only saw the first two, and they were good. I think it's just. I when you stop in a series, you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. kind of hard to get back, get back in on the it. horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: if you have any suggestions on something, not not really too sci-fi because Max and I neither one yeah. like that. We liked Twilight because it was he vam- can watch it. Yeah, it was vampirery, werewolfy, but it wasn't like too much. Too yeah. much. It wasn't vampire in Brooklyn. You know. Mm-hmm. So it kept our interest. Hmm. So I think that he would like the uh what did you just call them Hunger Games. I mm-hmm. think he would like yeah, that. Yeah, I think he would. So but if you have any suggestions, send us a message.
1: Yeah. Email us at United States of Murder at gmail dot com or Instagram or Facebook us, which Either one. One of us will read it, sometimes we forget. But I try to screenshot things so I don't, but sometimes I do. I'm sorry. So if I don't get back to you, just send me another message or Ashley and We'll figure it out. And I hadn't said, we haven't mentioned this in a while because I've also forgot, but thank y'all for all the reviews you've been giving us. Yeah, awesome. We thank appreciate you. it. That, that helps us out a lot. And it's free. Anything else? Where are we next week? Tennessee. Tennessee. All right. All
0: right. Bye. bye.